0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Revelation 12. If you are a Christian, you believe in all kinds of things that you can't see. You believe in God even though you have never seen God. You believe in the reality of certain events from creation to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, even though uh, you did not witness either of these things. You also believe in beings that you you are are convinced are real that you can't see, things like angels, demons, and specifically Satan himself. If you are a Bible-believing Christian, then you believe that Satan is a real being, and that's maybe something that you think about a lot. Maybe for some of you, you don't often think about the reality of Satan, that there is a real being that is out there that is opposed to Christ, opposed to his people, opposed to you, and we need to probably, I think most of us need to think about that reality more. And Revelation 12 is going to force us to grapple with that reality because we are going to see in this chapter this great red dragon. And it it tells us what the dragon is. Verse 9, and the great dragon was thrown down that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. So the dragon we see throughout this chapter is clearly that the text tells us right here that the dragon is Satan. And as we look at this chapter, first, we'll kind of see some of what the chapter is saying. But then there's three things I just want us to think about uh, that this chapter helps us to see about Satan. Now, at the beginning, there's not only this dragon who we know is Satan. There is this woman who has a crown of 12 stars. I think the best identification for this woman is Israel with the 12 stars, uh, give us that imagery of the 12 tribes, and she is in the agony of giving birth. And it says in verse 5, even though that the the, the dragon is trying to devour this child, uh, she gives birth to the child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, so I think that's pretty clear who's the child. The child must be the Messiah, Jesus Christ, because he is the one who will rule all the nations with a rod of iron, but her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And even this brings um, to mind the image of uh, Satan trying to devour Christ when he's born. You think of Herod trying to literally kill Jesus as he is born, or shortly after he is born. But then it says, The woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Again, that's three and a half years, 36 months. And that matches up with something we see later in the chapter where it says the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth. He pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child, but the woman was given two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time, times, and half a time. So there again, you see this idea of three and a half years, a time, times, And half a time, adding up there to, if the times is two, right, adding up to three and a half. And it says, the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. So I think this is talking about something that will happen in this still yet to be future time of tribulation, and particularly in the last three and a half years of that, where there is this divine protection given to the woman, but there's also this furious effort by Satan uh, against those who love God. And so we look at that toward the future. I think we see a little bit of the past taking us back to the birth of Christ. And we also look towards the future uh, to see what will happen in this time of tribulation. But now let's think about a few observations to make about the devil from this passage. And the first is simply this. Satan is real. And you need to think about the reality of that. There's other passages that come to mind. We think of Ephesians six, where we are told to put on the full armor of God. Why are we told to do that? Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, we have a real spiritual enemy in Satan and he has his minions, fallen angels, demons. Um, and they are really opposed to us. And so that should give us a sense of urgency to put on the full armor of God. And that's where we should let the Bible drive our application. We talk about Satan. Some people don't think about him nearly enough. And for some people, it almost becomes, they think about him so much, it becomes a superstition. And we start doing things that maybe the Bible doesn't tell us to do. How should we defend ourselves against Satan by doing what the Bible does? And you can go back to our podcast on Ephesians 6 to see more about that. Or another passage that comes to mind is First Peter 5, where it tells us that we need to be watchful because our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour So the reality of Satan should cause us to be aware, to be watchful. And that's going to lead us to what's described in the armor of God, things like faith, righteousness, salvation, um, all of the different pieces there, or even in first Peter's, the context even talks about humility, being sober minded. These are, are the ways that we should act and the things that we should pursue in light of this reality that Satan is real. So let this chapter be a reminder to you. Satan is not the stuff of fairy tales. He is a real being. And if you're in Christ, he is opposed to you. But some other things we see in this chapter is one, Satan will lose to God. I mean, even it says he knows that his time is short. And there's this war in heaven and the dragon is thrown down. Satan is going to lose to God. And it seems that there's even a sense in which he knows that that is the case. And we also observe throughout the Bible, that the story of Job is a good example of this, that God is in control, that Satan does not necessarily even have free reign. He has to operate within certain boundaries, that God gives to him and ultimately he will lose. Uh, as I've, when I f- first traveled to Uganda, there was one song that in the various places we would go, people would sing. And verse one repeats, Jesus is a winner man. And, and it you know, says that various ways. And uh, then you get to verse two and it, verse two is, Satan is a loser man. And while that may not be, you know, the most uh, theologically rich song, it's also kind of not wrong. Jesus will win. Satan will lose. And that should give us, I think, a sense of uh, a right sense of confidence, not an overconfidence in ourselves because we should be sober minded and watchful because of our enemy, But a confidence in God, that God will win, and even a sense of security, and that while we need to be watchful because Satan is attempting to deceive us, we also don't need to be worried because we know that God is in control. And if our trust is in him, if we're doing what God has told us to do, then we will be protected. But a third thing, and this will get us really back into some specific things that the text says, is that Satan can be overcome. And that's where we need to look at what is said there in the middle of the chapter in verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God, and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. And then it's a call to rejoice uh, for those. He uh, says, rejoice, O heavens, and those who dwell in them, but woe to you, um, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. So there you see these people who have overcome or they have conquered. It says they have conquered Satan. Now, how have they done that? And it highlights two things. First and foremost, by the blood of the lamb. And earlier it calls Satan, he's the accuser who accuses them day and night before our God. And that's where we all have to admit in those accusations that there's no way that Satan is all wrong. There's no way that he's completely lying because if Satan wants to accuse me, if Satan wants to accuse you, there are some things he could accuse all of us of rightly. I love that line in the hymn before the throne of God above when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within. And then it goes on to say upward. I look and see him there, but we don't say, no, Satan, you're wrong. There's no sin within he's right about some of that. So how do we overcome the accusations? By the blood of the lamb. Satan, those accusations are no good here because my sin, my debt has been paid. It was nailed to the cross. I am covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can't accuse me anymore. And therefore we can overcome and conquer. And in this case, they also conquer by the word of their testimony. And it gives some sense there um, that helps us understand Well, what is that talking about? For they loved not their lives, even unto death. So another way that we see Satan being overcome is by people being faithful, even unto death. Isn't that an amazing testimony of the Bible and of church history? That Christians have stood firm even in the face of death because they know, hey, you can kill us, but you can't harm us because we belong to Christ. And so Satan, you can cause people to, to kill Christians. Okay, you're not hurting us. You're only sending us then to be with the Lord. The Christian can have the utmost confidence in the face of death because of our faith in Christ. And that in that way, we overcome, we conquer the the dragon, Satan, the accuser, because of faithfulness even unto death. So, as we look at this passage that describes this dragon, let it be a reminder, Satan is real, and that's something you should probably grapple with more than you do, but he's going to lose, and God is ultimately in control, and Satan can be overcome by those who have put their faith in Christ and are covered in the blood of the Lamb and therefore will remain faithful to Him no matter what. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.